you know, it's really the challenges that I faced in my early 40s really made me just reset and re-examine and take a hard look at what it is that I wanted and what it was that would provide that fulfillment that I was looking for. Midlife is the best season of our lives, but often many of us lack fulfillment in some area of our midlife. It doesn't have to be that way. This podcast is a resource for midlifers to discover ways to find fulfillment in whatever area of life you need it. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Join me on the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast, a journey to make midlife the most fulfilling season of your life. Welcome, midlifers. It's great to be back in your ears. Hey, before you meet Brian on this episode, whose excerpt you just heard, I want to share one comment that I've heard from many listeners who listened to Janine's story on the previous episode, episode six. Remember, her job was eliminated and she was searching for a new career, not just a new job, but a new career. And the opportunity that was presented to her was not what she was expecting. The underlying message to this is that sometimes we have to listen to that bigger force that has plans that we might not even think about. Now, whatever you might think about that bigger force, for me, I believe in God. I believe that God sometimes does things very unexpected in our lives. If you believe that or not, maybe you believe it's the universe. The point is trust in this bigger force that sometimes doors can open for us in ways that we just can't even imagine. I think that was a great takeaway from Janine's story. Now, before we get to this week's episode with Brian, I want to say that if you're new to the Midlife Fulfilled podcast, and this is your first episode, hey, first of all, welcome. So glad you're here. But I want to encourage you to go back and listen to episode one. On episode one, I devote the entire episode to explaining the meaning of midlife. I use science-based research that explains midlife and it busts the myth that midlife is only defined by age. It's not. Go back and listen to episode one if you're just tuning in for the first time. I think you'll be glad you did. I also want to remind you that I send a weekly alert by email with each new episode on Monday afternoons. If you want to sign up to get each episode delivered to your inbox, Hit the pause button now and just go to midlifefulfilled.com and sign up. Be sure to come back here though. And now let's get to this week's episode with Brian. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Bernie. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. I am looking forward to our conversation about your midlife BF to AF story. Before we get started, Brian, you know that I want to know which age bracket are you in? I'm in the 45 to 59 age group. Okay, that's a popular one. You're in that popular age age bracket. All right. So, um, you know, I know a little bit about your story, but I'm looking forward to really learning more about it. I, I'm going to ask you to kind of start in your youth because I think it's relevant to your entire 
BF to AF midlife journey. So why don't you start in, in your early youth? Um, all right. So uh, I started jumping out of airplanes when I was 19 years old wow. in the army. Um, always have been uh, fascinated with, you know, trying new things, learning new things, tend to pick up new hobbies and interests and just, um, you know, dive in, so to speak. Um, little pun intended there. A little, little bit. Um, I always saw a job as a means to an end, just, you know, to pay for things that I was passionate about in my early thirties. I started before, before you jump to your thirties, Brian, if yeah. I may ask in your twenties, did you know, did you have an aspirate, a career aspiration or were you, um, in the army for the, that whole time? No, I was in the army for two years. And when I got out, I started working as a web developer, a opportunity, uh, presented itself to me. And really wasn't passionate about the job, didn't really know that much about it, kind of educated myself on the job uh, with other people that I was working with. And it paid well enough for me to continue pursuing my hobbies and interests. But other than that, that's, that's really the only uh, passion I had career-wise at that point. Okay. So you, you, were, st you were starting to go to your, jump to like your 30s or th around age 30. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I started um, competing. So got together with a group of other skydivers at the local drop zone and we had talked about it. We had tried out some stuff and, and went to a couple of local competitions and decided to get ready for some national competitions. And we all felt very, you know, competitive, compelled to perform well. We practiced, got coaching competed for four years and you, you know, had already been, you had already been diving skydiving rather for about 10 years, right? You know, correct. From around yep. age 18 or 20, all the way to 30. So you'd been skydiving that whole time. That's right. Yep. Wow. Okay. So then you and, start competing around age 30. Yep. And so it was myself and uh, three other teammates and a videographer and we all had, you know, one to 2000 jumps each. And, you know, so we were all very competent skydivers, but then, you know, really when you kick it up to that competitive level, it takes on a whole new intensity. And, you know, we were all just really caught up in that, very passionate about that. And, and this is, this is a hobby, right? In the meantime, you were, you had a full-time job. Correct. Correct. Okay. And, you know, we were paying for, you know, we figured we spend about $10,000 a year on jumps and gear and, you know, fees to compete and everything like that. So, yeah, the job was, you know, just, just to pay for that and, and pay for a place to live. So, Okay. So how did, how did it go? So you're entering this season. I, I use the word season a lot, Brian. I think you know that. You're entering this season where you're, you're in competition now after some 10 or so years of skydiving. That, that really took your skydiving ventures, if you will, to a new level, right? No pun intended there, but like a new level of intensity, as you said. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and so, okay. Did, were you getting any fulfillment from that? How did that go? Well, we did, we got, uh, you know, the first year we competed, we got bronze medal. Um, so we were very excited about that. We didn't even expect to, you know, to, we were just glad that we were there competing, but we didn't expect to do as well as we did. Okay. Um, so then, but then the second year we got bronze again, and then, you know, the third and the fourth year we got silver both years. And we felt like we were just missing the mark. We weren't quite where we needed to be to really be able to, to get the gold. And that's what we had always been like driving for and training for. 
But after that fourth year, we all just kind of decided that, you know, we, we weren't going to see the improvement that we needed without, you know, a big commitment from all of us that we weren't just really just weren't ready to make. So we were frustrated with, you know, our own performance, frustrated with the team's performance and, you know, kind of frustrated with skydiving as, as a whole at that point. And there were some other things going on in my life. I was, I was going through a divorce. I had two young children, got laid off from my job. I was in debt. So just kind of needed to reframe and, okay. and rethink, uh, you know, my goals and my ambitions and, and what was going on in my life. How, how did you do that? Because that sounds like there was a lot of pressure that you were going through at that time, Brian. It sounds like, you know, you know, you and I are on video and I can see in your face, just as I say that, I can see your, your body language on that. So how, how did you deal with it? It was an extremely stressful time. And, you know, I just went back to, to the basics and figured out what it was that I really enjoyed, what it was that I was passionate about, what drove me and, and went back to that learning model. You know, I always love trying new things and learning new things. And, you know, I really tried to figure out how I could incorporate that into my hobbies and into my career and started looking for other people that, you know, were setting themselves up to be able to do that for a long term. And so then I started thinking about you know, not only did I really enjoy learning and trying new things, but I enjoyed introducing new people to these activities that I was passionate about and, and teaching them. So I got back into skydiving and started, started training people, started teaching people, okay. taking passengers up on tandem jumps and strapping people to you and jumping out of the plane with them. And there's something about having somebody strapped to you when you, when you step out of an airplane, you never know what's going to happen. And when that parachute opens, there's just such a relief that washes over them. And it's really a life-changing experience for a lot of people. So it's great to be able to, you know, experience that with them. And then I, I started getting into training people how to continue skydiving on their own. And at the same time I was doing that, I also, you know, was finding passion in my career. I was finding uh, I found content marketing at that time. I read now, this whole time, were you still in web development, you know, digital marketing? Yeah, I was, I was a web developer. I was doing e-learning development. Um, I read Joe Polizzi's Epic Content Marketing, and I immediately went down to our marketing department where I knew the, the VP of the marketing department. And I talked to her and I said, you need someone to do digital marketing. You need content marketing. And I sold myself to her basically. And she said, all right, I'll give you a chance. And I just jumped into that the, the same way that I jumped into everything else. And, uh, you know, started seeing some immediate improvements from doing content optimization and doing digital marketing for her and started coaching the the people who I had introduced to skydiving started, you know, I started with training them. Then I started teaching them, you know, how to do some more advanced things. I started getting into uh, wingsuit flying and teaching people how to do that. And just that reframing of my goals and thinking about the basics of what I enjoyed about my hobbies um, helped really turn my career around. Now I'm, 
in my early fifties, I'm married to an amazing woman who supports me and encourages me. We have six children. Uh, my professional life has just been uh, going crazy for the last year or two of meeting all sorts of new people, finding all sorts of new opportunities. That's I'm more great. fulfilled in, uh, in my skydiving career than, than I've ever been. So, you know, it's really the challenges that I faced in my early 40s really made me just reset and re-examine and take a hard look at what it is that I wanted and what it was that would provide that fulfillment that I was looking for. Did you make a distinction between fulfillment and happiness? Yes, absolutely. How um, so? Well, I mean, there were, there were things that would make me like happy, like in the moment I'd jump out of the plane, I'd be happy, right? When I was in the air, it would be great, but then I'd get down and I'd land. And if something hadn't happened, if I hadn't been involved with someone else, if I hadn't shown someone something, or if I hadn't learned something from somebody else, the happiness just went away very quickly. So fulfillment is a much kind of broader, uh, more inclusive, expansive kind of feeling. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's sort of a deeper emotion. To, to your point, Brian, happiness can be shallow. We can be happy in a moment and be genuinely happy in a moment. But, but then when you get immersed in something deeper and that fulfillment isn't there, then sort of automatically the happiness is not there either. So it, it, it sounds like by starting early, starting your story with me here on the podcast, Brian, early in your youth where you, you, know, you, you started skydiving at a very young age, were in the army, you kept skydiving, you, you, you worked to pay for your, your skydiving habits, <laughs> got into competition. So you had some fulfillment there until you and your teammates couldn't achieve that elusive gold medal. And it sounds like you guys got frustrated maybe even burned out a little bit, my words, not your words. And then you kind of hit the pause button on that, but then you also hit some other speed bumps in your life. You mentioned, you know, divorce, debt, but then you did find fulfillment. You got remarried. You're very happy in your, your second marriage. Love the fact that you said you have six kids between the two of you. That's awesome. And, and then now you're teaching people. And I have to tell you, I can personally relate to the fulfillment that you get from teaching. Why don't you elaborate on that a little bit? Give us some insight into that fulfillment that you get from teaching. Well, you know, one of the things when I started presenting professionally and training people, skydiving, you face a lot of that imposter syndrome. You're like, well, what do I know? What, what can I teach these people? What gives me the qualifications? And I heard you know, someone say that, you're just sharing knowledge with someone who's at a different point in their journey. They're just earlier in their journey. So don't think that you have to be the expert. You're not teaching another expert. You're teaching a novice. And I've always just loved that, that moment where you can see the awareness on someone's face when suddenly they get it. And different people react to different things. And sometimes when you're teaching, you have to try two or three different things before that concept gets through. But when it does, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing that, ah, yeah. I made that connection. They understand yep. now. Yep. I have to tell you, I have never been skydiving. And so if I ever do do it, uh, it would be a tandem thing. 
And I've thought about that moment, Brian, because I'm I'm literally putting my life into someone else's hands and arms and gear and all that, you know, for that moment or a few moments, you know. And um, so I can I can imagine what kind of fulfillment you get in taking someone like me who's never done it and sort of overcoming that fear, you know, even though you don't, I guess you don't overcome the fear, but you overcome the the resistance to do it by doing it right exactly and then then when you get to the bottom when you land you know and your client says hey we're alive we made it <laughs> right um you must have a sense of fulfillment there like hey now they're fulfilled right yeah absolutely yep and there's something about you know, even during the training process, when you're teaching them, you know, what you're going to do, what steps you're going to take, it's important to, to really break it down so that they understand, you know, now we're going to connect in the plane. Now we're going to shuffle towards the door. You know, now we're going to put your feet here so that they understand all those little steps that they take. So they're not really thinking about the whole process. And once they get out that door and once they leave, you've just broken it down into, you know, then you just do this next. That's all you have to do. You get one step closer. And then when we get close enough to the door, I can take care of the rest. I'll get us out of the plane. That's no problem. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm visualizing it in my head, Brian. And it's, uh, it's, uh, I am one of those people that has a fear of heights. I'm okay flying in an airplane because I'm enclosed, but the thought of coming to the edge of the plane with the door open is a totally different thought. But anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. So, so Brian, what, what parting words would you actually, before we get to that, I, I wanted to share a thought that popped into my head. As I was listening to your story, you did remind me of the you happiness curve that I spoke of back on episode one. And I was fascinated when I stumbled across that study, because if you recall, it says that basically we begin to become less happy after age 18, which is where we start climbing, metaphorically speaking you know, climbing down the U-curve, right? We yep. become less happy after age 18. And then we bottom out, according to this study, according to the people that they surveyed, over a thousand people they surveyed, bottom out in our mid-40s before we then begin to sort of climb back up. And, you know, a, a good part of your story sort of parallels that yep. for whatever reason, coincident or, or not. And that's why I always speak of the fact that we go through midlife seasons, not a midlife, but midlife seasons. And, and I think one of the best things that we can all do is just acknowledge that yep. and, and think of them as seasons, right? And even if we're in a, a, a season of great fulfillment now, there still may be another season up ahead um, where you know, we have less than fulfillment, which is why I then talked about the 80-20 principle in episode three, right? Like, it's okay if you're not 100% fulfilled because you know what? You're in the 80% majority anyway. Right. Right. Yep. So I just wanted to share that with you because I, I think your story is awesome. And I wish you lived closer to me because I would trust you to go out and jump out of an airplane with, but you're a good 1,500 miles from me. So it would take some arranging to do that. But hey, anything's possible. That's right. Are you going to be at CEX in May? I will, yeah. Well, so will I. There's a drop zone just south of Phoenix. Just well, saying. Then maybe we can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so back to parting words of, of wisdom, thoughts, inspiration, anything you'd like to share 
with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, you know, we all face, as you said, you know, seasons of midlife, seasons of change in our life. I know I'll have more challenges in the coming years, you know, kids leaving home, career changes, who knows what's what's happening, you know, our physical abilities changing with age. But I think just that being able to step back and really look at what it is that provides you fulfillment and reframe your goals and your plans to really incorporate the things that make you happy, the things where your strengths lie. I think that's something that can take everyone from that before fulfillment, whenever it happens in your life, to that fulfilled state. And I think you just made a really key point, and that is wherever your strengths may lie. And what the reason that's such a key point is because so many of us, and I've been guilty of this, is, well, let me try to work on some of my weaknesses. Instead of, let me double down, triple down on my strengths. And, you know, maybe those weaknesses are always going to be weaknesses because I'm not wired to be strong in those areas, but I'm strong over here. So let me double and triple down on that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for uh, joining me for this episode of Midlife Fulfilled. Uh, I, I love your BF to AF story and uh, it's great inspiration for me and I know for our listeners as well. And I just want to thank you. Well, thank you, Bernie. I appreciate the opportunity. I love the show. I love hearing other people's stories and just seeing that transition and that transformation that, that everybody goes through. Two takeaways. One is after Brian hits some, let's say, challenges in his life where he and his skydiving team just couldn't win that gold medal, at least when they, they attempted to. He got frustrated by that. And, and then he said he had some other challenges, divorce, dad, and so forth. But he mentioned that opportunities started to present themselves. He said that his career really took a turn after reading Joe Polizzi's book, Epic Content Marketing. And he took that new knowledge and insight that he had, and he pitched himself to the VP of marketing. So he believed in himself and in what he learned enough to pitch himself. And then under his leadership, he was able to prove the results that he was pitching. And I'm sure that gave him a vote of confidence. In the meantime, good things were happening in his life. He got remarried. He had this beautiful blended family of six kids. But then the second thing is that there was a real aha moment for me that really spoke to me was how he got so much fulfillment out of teaching skydiving. Remember, he had been skydiving since he was 19 years old when he joined the army. So he had all these years of skydiving and then he took a break from it because the competitive aspect of skydiving did not give him the fulfillment that he really, really wanted, that gold medal. So when he got back to skydiving, he did it by teaching others and that brought him significant fulfillment. The, the feeling, if you will, that he got from seeing other people react to learning this new skill. And then he mentioned that he was dealing with this imposter syndrome. And look, we all deal with that, myself included. I love his point that you don't have to be the biggest expert. You just have to be teaching or mentoring or coaching people who are earlier in their journey than you are. And that allowed him to realize that he really does have a ton of ability to teach skydiving. And that's giving him tremendous fulfillment. So 
I really enjoyed Brian's story. I think there's so many things that we can really think about and relate to in his story, as I think is the case in uh, all the stories that I'm bringing you. So I hope you enjoyed this little brief moment uh, meeting Brian. And as always, I've got another amazing guest lined up for next week's episode of Midlife Fulfilled. But first, stay tuned for this message. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. I hope you got some insights, ideas, or inspiration from this episode. Be sure to press the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes. If you have midlife friends, and I bet you do, please share this podcast with them. And if you rate or review this podcast in Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify, you'll help others discover it. If you need counseling or any other professional assistance in your midlife journey, I urge you to get it. This is Bernie Borges, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. And remember, midlife can be the most fulfilling season of your life. This podcast is a Laser Marketing Inc. production.